Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film was Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Toby Hooper, starring Marilyn Burns and Gunnar Hansen. My name is Cameron Tuttle and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Why are why are they all doing that in this movie? I don't. I have no idea. They're all like blowing raspberries. Is that what it's called? That's yeah, like, yeah. Such an ancient term. But yeah, uh, definitely. Well, everybody, as we'll get into, everybody is insane in this movie. Not just the <laughs> insane people. But <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm well. I'm good. I'm you know staying really busy. Uh, we've. We've just scraped by making sure that another episode comes together. And of course, Cameron and I are being overly ambitious, as you'll find out when we get into what we've been watching uh, for the podcast. But I'm doing well, Cameron. How are you? Um, also doing well. Yeah, I, I've been trying to watch more horror movies kind of outside my wheelhouse so that I can like get a different understanding of like, you know, like a lot of the lists, you know, people have sent me a lot of things like suggestions, a lot of the stuff I haven't seen. So I don't, you know. There are some things that I do want to to go into blind that are fun to go into blind. Um, but for something like this, I do kind of want to curate some of these things. So I have been watching, trying to watch more horror movies. Um, so last week I watched um, The Wicker Man, the original. Um, I thought it was very good. It's very interesting. Um, kind of an unusual horror movie as in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I thought, you know, um, Christopher Lee is just like magnificent in that movie. So, um, probably, I mean, probably his best role that I've ever seen him in, which is saying something cause he's, he's, he's awesome. Um, and then me and Juzo actually watched Titan in theaters, uh, yesterday, um, mm. which is an insane movie. It is so crazy. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's a very sentimental, heartfelt movie about a woman who gets impregnated by a car. Um, and I'll just let your mind, um, imagine what it could be. Cause it's, it's not, it's not the movie. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I have to ask you, Cameron, like if you had to slap a rating on the film, because, because. Sometimes, like when people say, "Oh, it's wild," like that's like a draw for for people, you know. <laughs> yeah, is this movie wild and like, oh yeah, you, like people will be really intrigued by it, like sort of, kind of the way we were talking about Korean cinema that it has like this craziness so. that. No, okay. Well, I mean, I had I had to give it the benefit of the doubt, well, but I kinda okay. Had here, a here's what I'll here's what I'll say about it. Um, I don't think I think it's very strange, and I think it would turn people off. First and foremost, um, a lot of the things in the movie are just like really very extreme in a way that's like, um, well, uh, the the first half of the movie is very extreme. The second half is actually I was actually being genuine. It is kind of heartfelt. Um, so like that's the second thing that I'll say is like, even if the extreme things are a little bit like out there, you do kind of come around at the end and there is something very warped but very um intriguing about it and the other thing that i'll say is it's not boring at all it's like a thrill ride the whole time so that is kind of i wouldn't say it's necessarily for cinephiles but it's definitely not for like the faint of heart or for casuals or for any you know like i don't think i don't think it's like on that level but yeah i mean actually i think this is a good theme to dive into early on i know i want to get to 
what else you've been watching and what I've been watching as well. But I think this actually fits in line with this episode and what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. But the more I've been thinking about like, you know, we've been watching these extreme Korean movies and now we're getting into horror month. The more I'm realizing that I'm extremely critical and turned off or like really just like, I just don't understand. I get frustrated with like levels of, like explicit or like grotesque extremism or anything like that in movies, anything with like an ounce of like sexual content. I'm suddenly like extremely critical of, and maybe there's a part of it that's like my beliefs or whatever, but like, I just, it, it draw it really like, it, it really bugs me at, at a certain, at a certain level. And so like, if a movie is going to like kind of teeter into that territory, I'm suddenly now judging it harsh, harsher. And I've had movies that have actually like come around with that content and other movies that have been, you know, very far away from that. And so uh, the reason I'm trying to bring this up and almost the relation to this film, right, is that sometimes like movies can touch like these extreme bits and they use they use like idea to their advantage and sometimes it comes on their disadvantage and i think with uh you know the film we're talking about today there's a lot of conversation around its content but also still being like i don't i don't know what the right word is but i know that there's a big conversation around this movie and it's explicit content being censored in some way right am i right i don't know is this the right film um sort of um i that was one of the things that i actually wanted to talk to you about was um it's a movie that um is known for being very extreme and i think tonally and how um shocking it is in some way or uh, unsettling it is is very extreme but when you when you actually look at it and especially i i would say even compared to movies of its era it's pretty tame in terms of like how how much it shows yeah um and one of the one of the interesting little tidbits about this movie that i was reading was he was Toby Hooper was actually trying to go for a PG rating for this. Right, right. That's Isn't what, that insane? That's, like, what that's I was, crazy. <laughs> that's what I knew about this film, actually. Right. That is right, that right. is something I knew about this film. And I think to watch it, you know, and understand that there's this there's a rating on it, right? Uh that he didn't achieve that that PG rating. But to like kind of see his ability to achieve such discomfort with such little explicit content, I guess is yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Like yeah. That, yeah. 100%. That, that's like almost like unbelievable to me and has to be commended. Whereas some other movies will just, you know, scar you and be like, isn't that impactful? And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's not like, it's not really like skillful, you know, like I don't really give it credit. Um, anyways, we're diving straight <laughs> into it usually we have a little bit more of a structured camera and i want to give you an opportunity to finish sort of what you've been watching if yeah there's anything um else. well we were going to mention squid game and i think we'll we'll do sort of a a deeper discussion into it um and i you know i i'm looking forward to that uh yeah i know you've been watching that too so yes um you know uh, we, we both finished now right mm -hmm. yep um so yeah so that that's something that i do want to get into with you but um yeah what, what have you been watching 
yeah, so Squid Game, I finished it with Jules. Uh, she was very excited to jump on the trend because she felt like she had a foot in the door with me forcing her to watch, you know, <laughs> Parasite and a couple other Korean films. And so she was like, oh, did you hear? It's trendy now to watch this, and I can totally do this because I've watched other ones, right? So we had a great time watching it. Um, she was bought into it. I think our conversation about Squid Game... Uh, which we're actually going to post a bonus episode for all of you guys coming out the same day on Monday, or should we do? Yeah, we'll, we'll just do them both the same day, this, this movie and, and a conversation about squid game. Um, so if you're interested in that, if you want to listen to something about our thoughts on it, you can listen to it. It's on our show page. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a special show. I think there's a lot about the context of Korean cinema and um, how it's breaching into the Western market even stronger than before with the help of this Netflix show. Um, but yeah, I, I want to save my thoughts for it over there. I actually also watched another film with uh, one of our producers, Tim Smith. The film is called Lamb, and this is where a little bit of my heat at the beginning of this episode has come forward with like a conversation <laughs> about like kind of some extreme content. I think, I think that lamb, it, it throws like these moments of extremism in it and it feels kind of like it's trying to be impactful or artistic. And so they just got to make sure that they hit a bunch of these like little check marks that make it, you know, like special or something like this. I had such a unique experience watching this movie in the theater. First of all, the movie theater was packed, which hmm, was really surprising. This yeah. is a, um, a foreign, I think it's a foreign film cause it's in a different language. Uh, I think it's, I don't know what language it's in, but <laughs> is it like <laughs> Swedish or, yes, Icelandic yes, or something? something like that? Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, <sighs> I'm going to, I, I guess, spoiler warning, I'm going to spoil a little bit of it in order to give my thoughts on it right now. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know, skip two minutes so you're not going to hear the synopsis. I'll, I'll keep it under two minutes for what the movie's about. But it follows, um, you know, dubbed this couple uh, that run a farm full of sheep and uh, they, uh, they have this child, like the, the sheep has this child Cameron do you know do you care if I spoil this for you a little bit uh I mean I was thinking about watching it although I mean I, I it hasn't been garnering great reviews okay but I I'm kind of I'm kind of tuned out right now so you you keep going I'll, all right I'll, uh, <laughs> okay so I'll, I'll do some light reading yes it, it, <laughs> it follows this couple that has a farm um full of lambs and it's very pretty it's well shot and everything like this and then suddenly um you know one of the lambs gives birth to like this really strange, like half baby, half lamb baby. It's very weird. And it's really bad CGI too, uh, which is confusing. And there's a bunch of commentary about, I guess, you know, the family structure and what it's like to have kids. And then there's kind of this ominous force on the outside. And that's all, that's all I'll say. I guess it's not really fully, fully spoiled, but the film has a, very crazy kind of like setup for uh conflict and this movie is just a drag it is so mm. boring it is so slow it's beautiful and boring it reminds me a lot actually of 
some of the like visual style of Death Stranding with the way that there's like fog and mountains and like really wide vistas and the 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 movie like wants to make big statements there's a lot of symbolic elements to the film i felt like cameron a lot of your um kind of training helped me pick apart some of the the bits of the movie but nothing that the film said was really important to me and the ending Mm -hmm. was just moronic and i think one of the most um like exciting things about the film was that a a couple sat next to me and it was a guy who was obviously into like really out there films and a girl who really didn't want to be there. And the experience in the theater was just this hilarious, like reaction from the audience of, you know, cinephiles leaning in, trying to, you know, chew apart this interpretation of symbolism between a couple raising, you know, uh, this weird baby. Right. And, you know, the average audience goer that were literally laughing. Like half the audience was laughing at this movie. Like they were like, what is this? This is like trash, you know? And so I think that the film will be overanalyzed and appreciated by cinephiles and really not for anyone else. Um, Cause I think the rest of the crowd was just like, this is, this is just boring. It, it really does feel boring. It also like, this kind of sold as having elements of horror, um, which it doesn't really. And also like it has some great animal actors. So those are all my thoughts on the movie. <laughs> um, I hope, right. hopefully that wasn't too long, but I just had to vomit that out. This is Ceno Spectator. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions, throw a couple dollars away, get an exclusive episode or commentary track each month, just for the $1 level. You can have questions read on air. Uh, if you're a Patreon and you write in and a bunch of other benefits, you can look at all the stuff, patreon.com slash ECFS productions. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can give us a rating on iTunes, tell friends and family about the show. Really word of mouth helps a lot. Share the show on social media. All that stuff helps. We get it. If you don't have financial income or also if you just don't want to subscribe to something monthly, like I've just been triggered lately about <laughs> those uh monthly monthly subscriptions so i i feel you there um yeah all that stuff helps cameron it's time to get into the film uh take us away with some context background all of it yeah so um texas chainsaw massacre um came out in 1974 this was toby huber's second movie um after his oh man i'm i'm gonna forget the name of his first movie it doesn't really matter uh nobody seems to have seen that movie or uh, it's it's not really in the in the zeitgeist i I guess um but yeah this is kind of his big one and then uh it later on he did poltergeist uh which is another very famous movie um but those were kind of his two big movies um you know he did the sequels uh to to this movie i think he did two um so no, maybe he just did the direct sequel to this. Um, and then uh, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, he, you know, this was kind of his main legacy, I would say. And to be fair, this is a pretty great legacy in terms of its impact on the horror genre and its impact on sort of um, cinema culture and and uh, the culture of the you know, the post seventies wave of horror movies. Um, 
And in a lot of ways, this gave rise to the sort of found footage movement, the uh, low budget, um, you know, very uh, scrappy, thrown together horror movie that is like the breakout hit for the director. Um, This was kind of... Uh, it wasn't the first one. There was uh, obviously Night of the Living Dead, which I had considered watching with you, actually, Isaac. Um, it's it's another movie that's kind of similar in how um, like just very low budget and scrappy it is um, and how effective it is uh, because of that. Um, but, you know, the, this was kind of. I think it started a movement that that really uh, turned bad and soured in like the late '80s and early '90s. But um, you know, in in a lot of ways, you still see it now, where the you know the first uh, the first feature of you know a lot of young wannabe directors is a, a low budget horror movie, um, and I think it kind of comes from this uh, this this era. Um, it follows a group of teens who are visiting a basically abandoned house in the middle of rural Texas um, who come across some unsavory folks <laughs> throughout the the movie. And, um, you know, there's basically nothing to it other than, um, I, well, as, as Roger Ebert put it, um, this was just a movie where people want to watch teens die and there's no hope in the world. And, uh, that's, that's all the movie has to say, which, you know, I don't necessarily, um, (laughs) I don't, I guess I don't necessarily disagree, although you can't fault the movie for, uh, well, one, it, it has a very bleak outlook. Um, and I think part of that comes down to the budget, um, and how, uh, how much it uses sort of grittiness and realism, but um, almost like, you know, realism because it was real. <laughs> um, and so like, I don't necessarily think you could say like, oh, well, it should have been, you know, looking for something bigger because kind of wasn't the point and kind of was way out of the scope of the movie. It was kind of t- trying to tell what in my mind, it's trying to tell a spooky story. You know, like when you, w- the things that you read as a kid where y- you turn to the page and, and you see how, you know, y- you know, you keep going and you, you're seeing how scary things are, are coming, are becoming. And it's, you know, it's basically a, a spooky short story. Um, and, and that's kind of how I see it. It, doesn't really elevate itself necessarily to something that's like uh uh meaningful i guess but uh so fair enough mr ebert but also that's kind of not its point and i think you could still appreciate it without necessarily saying like oh it was the most impactful thing ever but um the other thing that i will mention on sort of thematic uh, level um the as i mentioned in the opening the characters are kind of insane um and that's one of the things that i find uh really works about the movie and sort of holds me and uh drags me deeper into the like the depths of the movie is the more you see the people and the more you you sort of uh the more you interact with other people who aren't necessarily the group, uh, the more, the deeper it feels like you're just like trapped in this like 
a bear trap. You know, it's like it feels like there's they're like stuck in a place that they should not have wandered in and are just are are doomed, basically, Um, which I think really works with the movie. Uh, I think it, you know, that's kind of thematically why it's it's held together for me, at least. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't have context necessarily for like it was it was made for like 300 grand. no, it was made for like 150 grand, uh, which is like super small budget. Um, and, you know, it, it was basically it 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 struggled to get released. Um, it was kind of obviously it's a pretty shocking and extreme movie. And when it came out, it was actually supposed to be rated X or, you know, very basically like the highest rating you could get. Um, and he cut things down to to make it an R. And, you know, it the fact that he was trying to make it a PG movie is just like insane. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like this, this movie is not PG, even though it doesn't show a lot necessarily. It is, it is a disturbing movie. And, um, it works. I think it works actually better because it doesn't show a lot. I agree. Um, Yeah. So I think for me, when a horror film is like restrained, and there's a there's very little that you can see it it becomes much scarier and i think that's probably why this movie has so much like like kind of notorious uh i, I don't know like it, it it is sort of like the, it, i just the title alone is is pretty is pretty scary i couldn't imagine myself ever watching anything like this like 4 years ago you know yeah. uh and then my brother saw it and he was like hey like this movie is really interesting because there's not actually that much violence in it. That's like disturbing. You would think it would be like yeah. guts everywhere and things like that, but it's not, it's not, it's he's no, like, it's actually, it's actually really so like surprising how well the filmmaking makes you scared without showing you anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I went in actually expecting it to be less tame and was blown away about how effective it was, which, which I, it was, is weird. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe it's like, that's its thing is like, it's supposed to come across being really crazy, but it's not. And then it was really crazy, but it still wasn't like, uh, you know, it was, you know how people say that term, like show don't tell in films, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This is yeah. like show don't show i don't know i don't know how like like if that makes sense it's basically like well it's it's the jaws philosophy right um which again was had to do with the fact that bruce looked stupid on screen so they they didn't they didn't want to show it all the time because they would look stupid so they showed it in the very important and very key moments like this movie where you know there are some moments where you're like oh wow like that is genuinely horrifying um I guess maybe not from a gore perspective. Like I think the one that stands out to me is uh, the chainsaw on the leg, um, mm. which kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, and is uh, I think it's it's very shocking um, how brutal it is. But it's also at the very end of the movie, and it's one of the things that that is like a um, it's like after you've been like gut punched already and you're like you know you know you're 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 uh you're 
uh, stunned or whatever and then like someone like knocks you again you know it's like it feels like a like a compounding of the of the energy of the movie so like i will give it that one um but you know basically everything else is um either shown off screen implied or kind of obscured in a way that makes it um really really effective um right and, and I, I, I actually that last moment with the with the chainsaw i i feel like that's actually one of the most hopeful moments in the movie um mm-hmm. and it's like a win for the audience right yeah i actually yeah. think that this film um i i would have really hated it if it wasn't for its ending because the yeah. film sets itself up with like a title crawl that is like oh okay like there's essentially a lot of um like mystery of the outcome i guess or like you kind of know where it's Mm -hmm. going right away like it's it's disclosed yeah for sure um and so i was kind of confused when the movie started and i was like this movie literally just told me that it's gonna be like a you know like a slaughter horror movie you know and (laughs) I'm just confused. Like, I was just confused. I was like, I'm, I'm so interested in this movie from like an outside perspective, a filmmaking perspective, because I've, I had so many expectations going into this movie of like, Oh, it's not as crazy. Like, it's not as scary as you think it is. Oh, this movie is like a, a cinematic, like, like it's, it's an, it's, it's a, um, it shows like great craftsmanship in the way that it's restrained in moments. And then for the movie to almost lay it out right away, um, there, there's a lot that I enjoy about this film, but to kind of get back to Ebert's, um, statement, like I do kind of feel, <sighs> I, I feel that this movie could have been so much more exciting. And I think what it's, what it's lacking is sort of like like a protagonist, if that makes sense, like some sort of like yeah. some sort of like character that you can cling to and root for, you know? Um, well, here's what I will say about that is um, it's, a, I think I, th- you may be right, but I think they try to do that in some of the sequels. I haven't really seen the sequels, but I know that's a, th- that's a thing that they do in like, like, common slasher films you know um and to varying degrees of success you know what i mean like i don't i don't know if like i i don't know i feel like the fact that you're kind of put off by everyone in the group you're kind of like uh not that you dislike them necessarily but you kind of feel like they they're not they're like they're just like kind of jerks they're not like super kind to franklin um they leave him around places franklin's kind of a jerk too um and so like you're you're a little bit off put by the group um and then so like when the sh- when the shift happens which is kind of early on but uh, when when things start to go out of hand um it's not like there's there's one person that you're necessarily rooting for in the group, but you do know who you're against, I guess. Like right, that's that's right. the that's the other thing where it's like, sure, there's not like a protagonist, but you're definitely you're definitely freaked out by how weird um everything is, you know, what they've stumbled into. And and I think one of the reasons why it's effective 
for me is um it's it's like a contrasting of how like petty they are and how like kind of weak their characters are and how they're like you know basically just just dumb college kids you know goofing off um and and being jerks to each other and then there's on the other side of the the swimming hole there's this absolute nightmare catastrophe happening and they're just so unaware of it you know they're right. they're in their own bubble um and that's kind of why i think it i think it works without a protagonist but yeah yeah i i think that this movie almost teeters into like like almost like a film school kind of feel like there's something about it that seems extremely amateur in some ways but then there are these other other aspects of the filmmaking that are like that are outshining that level of skill like like by a long shot just yeah the um and and yeah we're gonna get into spoilers the movie's not that long and it basically spoils the entire movie in the first few seconds so big whoop-de-doo it's i mean it's called texas chainsaw (laughs) massacre like (laughs) you know it kind of spells it out you know what you're getting into but like there there are moments that i was like Oh wow! Like this is this is um, this has like impacted all of what horror movies are like. Yes, forever. Yes. You know, and from scenes with like the hook and the meat um, processing kind of parallels, right, to the crazy family at the dinner table, right? Like those are those are moments that are like way beyond the scope of the movie they're they're staples of like like they are extremely iconic things that are executed at such a high level that have only been copied in modern horror things and i think that that that's what was so impressive to me was these little gleaming moments of excellence in a film Mm -hmm. that is kind of you know not really super deep kind of um, and rough around the edges. I mean, yeah. v- very clearly. But again, that's it, it's part of the the limits that they had, you know, budgetarily. I would say. Um, well, maybe, but like when they when they had a bigger budget and they had you know more uh, more resources at their disposal, um, you know, people think the second one is just like utter trash. So, mm. like, I I don't know, but. My my suspicion is that the limitation of the budget, while of course you can say like there's a quality difference and there's like some things that that aren't as good about it necess- or aren't as polished about it. Um, I think the budgetary limitations are actually one of the things that helped the movie be what it is and helped the movie be so iconic. Um, and I I also think there's something very. I don't know what it is, but there's something very American about this movie um, hmm. in that, like, it's it's totally ingrained in um, American culture in sort of an era where things were getting much more strange and grotesque and violent and unsettling. Um, and you started to see more serial killers. And that was like very much a part of the culture and part of the zeitgeist at the time. Um and then this, you know, and it's based off of, it's not based off of, but it's 
loosely inspired by Ed Gein, who, you know, very famously made skin furniture and, you know, was was a very disturbed person. Um, so, like, there's things that are, like, totally rooted in sort of the, uh, like, Americana um, about this movie. And I think the roughness of it and the low budgetness of it is one of those things. Mm. Um, so I, I, I think to me, like that's a, that's a feature, not, not a, you know, not a bug. Um, yeah. I, like despite all of its good things, I have a hard time feeling drawn to this film at all. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's so funny because he's he's probably going to listen to this episode, but this movie reminds me of my cousin Mike because I know that he loves like horror movies. He's like into that kind of thing. Right. And I could totally see him being like, this movie is awesome. Like as a, as a teenager, I don't know. We've been watching like some old home videos lately. And so there's a bunch of ones from like the nineties. And I see my cousin Mike with like his skater clothes and he's like all into like (laughs) hardcore metal and all this. And I know that he loves like some of these like classic horror movies. And so for this, like I could see him being into it and he doesn't like, I know that he doesn't care about the nerdy aspects of filmmaking. He just loves like the genre, right? He's like, I'm into this and the low budget campy style, the way that like they kind of jump around like the super graphic things, but it still feels like intense, right? Like he'd be all into that. Um, And so like, I feel like that movies, this movie's maybe for someone like, him i'm not necessarily like drawn to things like that my i've said this multiple times on this show but like when it comes to horror i'm drawn into like the mystery and kind of the excitement of horror and its statements and it like it teeters along like sci-fi that that's some of the the i guess scholarly side of film that i actually studied in college and so um that's what got me into exploring horror as a genre. Whereas I, I would have never, like, I just, I think that stuff I'm, I'm honestly a wuss. I can't do it. Um, (laughs) and so I don't think that this film has anything like that for me, but what it did have for me was like, like some of the appeal of the nerdy filmmaking bits. Right. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of neat that they made this decision. Or I love how there's that red room with all like the animal taxidermy things in it. And you're just creepy. It's creepy. You're drawn (laughs) in. You're like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Or like, that's like such a clever way to have audiences like feel unsettled. And then, you know, that there's like excitement with that. And I could feel like some of the inspirations from other movies and stuff like that's the kind of thing that I'm into. But I feel like that, that level of excitement over filmmaking is kind of actually up at like the cinephile level. So I'm really split with this film because like, I know, you know, Juzo who was on last episode says like, he's like, he has problems with our rating system. And I feel like this movie is one of the ones that I, that I'm really confused by with our ratings (laughs) because I'm thinking about my cousin, Mike, you know, like he, I'm not saying that he's a casual, but he definitely has a preference for, movies like this i'm sure and i'm sure that there are a bunch of people who consider themselves casual movie watchers that would be like oh this is so cool like i love the camp the old school like it's awesome you know and it's iconic and then there's also like the the far other end that's like look at this incredible cinematography of the van going across the field and dropping off the guy who's running off or or look at how great these decisions are and made on such a low budget but it's so effective right like it's it's split at these two ends 
And I'm just well, like, I uh, here, ah. here's the thing that here's the thing that I'll say. Obviously, you know, you you mentioned it's not like the horror element of it isn't necessarily for you. But I think what what people are looking for in a horror movie or what attracts people to horror movies is the tension and like the buildup of tension specifically. Um, And I think this movie has that in spades. Like this is like, this is the total, like what this movie is trying to go for is like an experiment in drawing out tension in, in like almost bringing you to the brink of, of like what's possible in terms of like how, how it can, how it can be tense in a scene. Um, and so like, if you're into that, like this movie is for you because specifically because it's a, a lower budget movie, it's kind of an, a more amateurish movie. Um, it's one that you can really see the strings, you know, you can see what's making things tick. That doesn't mean it's not doing it, you know, like that doesn't mean it's not, uh, it's not effective. It means you you can actually watch how it's affected mm. you know that's what's interesting for me about it is yeah this movie like is pretty disturbing and is not is pretty bleak it's not very uh hopeful really or you know inspiring in that way but what what works about it and why i'm drawn into it is well, I mean, I guess I do like bleak things. So like that, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons, but, uh, <laughs> um, but the, you know, for me, I think, you know, I saw this actually the first time in theaters. Um, I saw it on Halloween night, um, at the Castro theater. Uh, and so I was super drawn into it because, I could see how people who had probably seen the movie before, how they were reacting in the theaters. Um, and I, I thought it was such a great exper- experiment of um, seeing how a movie was able to effectively pull the audience in a specific way. Um, and, you know, on the same night, it was funny. I, I watched uh, it was a triple feature. It was uh, Night of the Living Dead, Evil Dead, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. So it was it was basically you know three movies that were kind of geared towards making you feel this tension and either release or or sus- the sustained tension. Um, and it was fun to see it with an audience because it was it was something that I had never considered before with sort of horror movies is how they make a group of people react, let alone just one person, um, like how they can sort of draw in a whole crowd um, and, you know, basically do what they want with him. Um, you know, like I, I think and I think this movie stood out to me as one that that was really really experimenting in what what it meant to be uh, like a tense movie if that makes sense Um, yeah i actually i know i didn't even consider the audience size for this film because i watched it alone yeah and i definitely think that i lost some of the enjoyment i feel like this film has a better group appeal than it would to just watching it by yourself with like a I critical agree. eye, you know? Yeah. And I think that a lot of a lot of horror films are actually more exciting in a group setting, almost like a concert experience or something like that. Um there's something about them that ha that has 
kind of like this like teamwork effort in in viewing actually you know that's what that's what got me the most interested in ever exploring anything scary at all is because uh, our friend jd who listens to the show actually introduced me to this game called pt which is just horrifying like it is like one <laughs> of the scariest games but i had such a fun time playing that game uh, i think it, we were together yeah we? <laughs> yeah it was back in high school we played this game together and it was like this experience that <laughs> it was just so much fun because it was like none of us wanted to play it but we just wanted to get through it together so we kept like throwing the controller at each other because i was like i don't want to do this like you do it you know <laughs> and so like there was like that level of interactivity at the same time of like being in a group and so i just yeah i think um that's where that's where movies like this like thrive the most yeah where they're almost like this rowdy experience where everybody's just kind of like chit chatting and experiencing it and having a good time. I do think that there are some groups, maybe it's just some of my friends where this movie like wouldn't go over so well, where it would be like (laughs) a little too, a little too much, you know? Um, Whereas another movie, like, like I think for me, evil dead two is just awesome. Like, I just yeah. think that movie is a total crowd pleaser. And like, if you're in a group, like it's silly enough and scary enough to have like the intrigue to keep, I don't know, I guess a party hanging out and having a good time, you know? I, I think Evil Dead 1 is like that too. Um, yeah, but, I would agree. Yeah. We've seen them both, um, so. I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. There, there's something, there's something about the fun horror movie um, that, that maybe keeps you engaged, I guess. Um, and I've been thinking yeah. about that a lot, Cameron, because like I want, like I want to watch fun horror movies. I don't want to watch like to like terrible, boring, slow lamb farming horror movies. Okay, <laughs> like I don't want to watch anything like that. Like right, right. I right, just right. want to like I want to watch something that's exciting, like alien or something kind of goofy like evil dead or even like here's a modern example i watched this film called happy death day which was like so much fun like this movie is i don't know i guess it's not super it's probably like four or five years old now at this point but i watched this movie with jewels because i heard that it was like a fun movie that's that was kind of spooky you know and it's it's super simple premise it's just groundhog day um with a girl who who's on like She's like lives on campus. She's like this college student and she keeps dying like on her birthday. Right. <laughs> and, and so she keeps getting like destroyed, but it's just so like, it's such a fun premise. And I'm like, man, like, why can't, why can't horror movies be like that? You know, I, I do think this movie has little moments of like having fun with itself with the, the like the crazy family all laughing and stuff. But then there's other moments where it's teetering on like irritating, like the scene. There's yeah, a, there's, for a, sure. there's a scene with the, like where like right before the girl escapes with like, um, they're like, go get her grandpa or whatever. Like, and it's, so yeah, weird. it's like, it's screaming for like 15 minutes. Straight, I was like, which, which is up, dude. Like, this is so annoying. Like, at some which point. I can, I can see, but it's also irritating and enough to make you really like unsettled and feel like very, um, very like it, it, I don't know for me, it's, it gets to a point where you're like, like it goes from irritating to like, um, 
haunting almost you know what i mean like it cross it crosses the barrier i get but Um, like that for me it was a moment of like not only is this irritating but now it's teetering into this like like kind of creepiness i feel like most people well most normal people would be like i'm just done you know right like i'm just like at this point i'm like i'm i'm not watching this anymore not only am i annoyed but it's just weird you know um and so like for me i was like you know, like I just, I have to, I have to see it through. And that's actually what made the ending so surprising and exciting for me. Like as she's running towards the street, right. And they're chasing her and I'm like, okay, oh, this- the guy gets run over. It's oh, I awesome. Know, I know. Like I was like, <laughs> I can't even believe what's happening. I have no idea what's going to happen next. Right. Because yeah, yeah, like that, that ending scene is like so much more exciting than watching, um, I mean, because because I was thinking about the ending and comparing it to Alien, which I think is like one of the the best horror movies. And there's something about Alien where you know before anything happens that they're that she's gonna get away, you know. Like, and maybe it's because I've seen it a couple times, but even in my first viewing, I was like, "Yeah, but there's an Alien too," you know. <laughs> like, there's something yeah. about like I'm not gonna I can't go back to what like 1978 or six or where whenever it came out. Right. So there was something about watching that first alien film that I was like, someone has to get like someone has to win against the Xenomorph. This film, I was like, no one wins. And now it's getting on my nerves. And then for the ending to kind of like, like really kind of surprise you in a way, I like I, I have to give it credit. Like it does make you feel like there's no there's no escaping. Right. It really does yeah. bring you to that yeah. point. 100%. And then for there to be victory in the end to see, I mean, the chainsaw, the, the, the chainsaw hitting the guy's leg is like, you're right. Like it's, 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 it is one of the most gruesome moments in the movie, but it's also like, yeah, like get him, you know, like, yeah, finally, yeah. like we're getting, we're getting away, you know? So yeah, I, I found that that kind of like the positive ending with the weird like dance <laughs> but but well that that's what i was gonna mention what yeah i guess i mean we're totally in full spoiler territory yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it is one of the most iconic endings of all time in horror movies so mm. yeah to be fair um but w- what i will say is yeah she gets away but the ending is not necessary like it's not that happy like it's not like he's still out there and he's still you know like that's what makes it like still unsettling like it would be different if she like you know she like all right your turn and then like chainsawed him (laughs) in half you know what i mean like that would be so dumb and cheesy Uh, but you can imagine that ending right you know you can imagine and you'd be like ah whatever that was stupid um but this ending leaves you really unsettled as she's driving off in the back of the truck covered in blood she feels she's like still screaming and he's like dancing with the chainsaw and you're like wow that was <laughs> that was awesome My you know what, I mean? is, like the, <laughs> what happened to the truck driver <laughs> uh, yeah i know he just re- he just ran off like he didn't even get in the truck he just like know, tomahawked was, the I, guy with the with the <laughs> wrench and then like yeah. ran away like <laughs> yeah i know which also like i i i don't really I don't really get why they left the truck. 
Like I, I don't know like, either. This is because armored truck. Was, did the truck not like start up or something? I, like I don't. I don't really know. Well, but yeah, that was a confusing moment because then the <laughs> Ford truck, or right, the blue truck, wouldn't start either. And I was just like, "What? Like what is it? What is this scene? Like the end scene? I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm in it. You know? Yeah. yeah. So well, it. But again, it's it's just the energy of it. Like it doesn't it doesn't really make sense, and it doesn't need to make sense. You know, he's like he's like you know chainsawing up the door where it's like you know I think there was an open window or something. He could definitely you know stab the guy. But, yeah, yeah. But you know, it, like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter you feel the energy of the scene you feel the energy and the it's almost like the motion of the scene is so is so well done that like you can you can forget anything technical about it because it's just it's just excellent you know like there's uh, something yeah. about it that's like you know there, there's something about it that sticks in your mind too you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that i'll forever see well the meat hook sequence um Ugh. The eyeballs, uh, for sure. Yes. Oh, and the old man sucking her finger. <laughs> <laughs> and and Leatherface dancing with a chainsaw at the end. Th- those are the moments that will like stick with me forever since I since I had first seen the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's there's something and oh that's that's the other thing that I wanted to mention about um about horror movies and how wh- whether or not they're effective. I think for me, like I mentioned with Rosemary's Baby, there are some horror movies that either end like weirdly or anticlimactically or are sort of um, they don't feel like all that conclusive or, you know, there's something something not fitting well together with all the pieces. But if a horror movie makes me like like stick something in my mind and makes me think about it forever. That's when I consider it to be something that that's effective and that's um, lingering. And that is something like it's that's like when it's up there for me, you know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's what sticks out in my mind as like things that are, um, like key moments, I guess. I don't know. Do you do you feel the the same way? Like I I get images when I think of a lot of horror movies in a way that I don't with so many other movies. You know, I don't get I don't necessarily get images with um you know with dramas or with you know m- movies that maybe I like but are not as sort of visually um like imprinting, I guess. I don't know. Do you do you feel the same way? Yeah, I, I mean, I think horror films utilize like such high swinging emotions that it almost emulates some level of trauma, or it should, right? Mm-hmm. And so then yeah, there's like yeah. a a visual link to it, but instead of it being like like painful or you know, it's just it's almost like exciting or something like yeah, that it's thrilling. Right? or it should be it should be thrilling right i mean yeah. i don't watch horror movies that are like absolutely scarring like i don't i don't <laughs> want to see anything like that you know i like i'm more into when a horror film has that mystery and then when it's paired with like some some exciting cinematography right that's when you get those snapshots i mean jules and i talk about the movie us 
a lot because there are a lot of moments in that film that have iconic imagery that has stuck with us. Like, I mean, Jules is, she doesn't consider herself a film critic. She barely even wants to watch a movie most of the time. But for her, she's like, oh, like, I always think about how iconic that scene is in us with the family holding hands in the driveway. Like, she always, she brings that up a lot. She's like, that is such, that's such a cool moment in that film. And they have those red jumpsuits. And that's, that I'll, I'll never forget that. She's an artist, right? She has that visual element. Or the scene where you know, there's a burning car behind the kid at that turn at Santa Cruz that you can't forget. Right. Um, she's like that, that for me is an image that's like click it's in my mind. It's I'm never going to forget that. Right. Um, and so like, I think, I think that's why horror movies have an appeal, but I think that's also why horror movies are kind of like a pain to watch for some people. (laughs) Cause they're like, I don't know if I want to remember, like, I don't know if I want to have that experience of like a picture, like a snapshot that like is going to stick with me. Like for, for me personally, it's like, I like the, you know, xenomorph egg planet, like that, the, bam, it's a snapshot. And then like the scene where he's like looking at it and like, you know, the egg opens up and you're like, whoa, or, or, you know, the tail hanging in the, the gritty spaceship. Like, I'm like that, that's cool. Like that, that, that fuels like my creativity in some sort of way. Like I'm excited about that. I want to talk about that all the time. You know, I don't know if this movie has snapshots that I really wanted, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, but there's at least like a touch of creativity that I'm like, I can commend that, you know, like it, it makes me, um, it, it gives me a little bit of excitement, maybe not as far as what I hold up there as greats like alien or even the game PT that we've talked about. Like, Oh my goodness. I've, I literally think about that game all the time when I'm in any house <laughs> at all, any corner in a house. I'm like, nah, I can't yeah. do this, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the one that has forever stuck with me um, is the Petri dish in the thing. Uh, oh, like what a, yes. What a what a just brutal and horrifyingly scary but tense moment. Like, I think about that that sequence so often. I don't, I don't know how, like, I don't know why. It just comes into my mind um, for some reason. Yeah, but. it's interesting with the thing. There's not because you brought that up and now I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, what stuck with me? And the first thing that I thought of was all of them holding hands around a spaceship. And was that even in the 1980 version? Um, because that's holding a, hands around a spaceship. Yes, that's from no. a, the thing from another world. Actually, yeah, yeah. They I go to measure true. measure the um, UFO out in the ice. And yeah, they hold yeah, their yeah. Hands around. It. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's interesting. Like for me, I'm thinking. Well, what about the head? What about the upside down spider head? <laughs> no, the thing that the thing that stuck with me from the '80s one was the dogs. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. dog cage. I was like, oh yuck. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that. I think I think that's probably one of the the biggest turnoffs for people that aren't interested in horror is like because it pulls on your emotions or it sh- like I think effective ones pull on your emotions in a in a powerful way like 
for some people, it's just like, I can't handle this right now. I don't want to totally, handle this right totally. now, you know? And I think it's, it's so fun to look at the spectrum of, of horror films and how some aspects of horror bleed into other movies like thrillers or superhero movies, or even, you know, squid game, which we're going to talk about, right. Uh, in, in the following episode, right? Like there's these, these small elements that can come in and create like little, little trauma moments that just elevate the drama, but they're not necessarily the focus. Whereas like horror flips it and they're like, no, no, we're going to elevate the the trauma moments in order to like cr- have the potential to create this audience experience. That's like nothing else. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, this obviously we've got a lot broader. I think this film for me is like, like I was saying, like I just, and conflicted because I think there's this like filmmaking analytical side. Then there's like somehow it's relating to the casuals, which I'm not in that crowd. Usually like I am. <laughs> and so I'm like, that's not me, but I know that like some people are into that. So I, I don't know where to recommend this movie. I guess if you want to look at it from a technical filmmaking end with the background knowledge that this guy wanted to create a PG movie, like I think, it's fun to watch this film with that. Maybe it is like a Halloween movie you're doing a movie party or something like that. Maybe this is, this is one to watch and talk with your film nerd friends, or maybe you're into uh, some of these old school horror films and you just want to be drawn in by it. Cameron, what do, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I'm reluctant to slap any sort of rating that we usually do on this one. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I don't think this movie um, is for everyone. Definitely not. Um, but I, I do think, and one of the weird things that I've found is like, even people who like really like horror movies, um, are kind of put off by this movie in terms of how just like, um, I think, I think it might be just the grittiness of it or Mm. just how like real it feels. Um, and then how, also how like campy it is nowadays um, because it it is pretty campy. So I don't know. I I'm not, I'm also a bit hesitant to slap it with a label. Um, but I would say, you know, if you're interested, maybe it's, it's for the curious because if you're interested in a, a movie that explores tension, that is very dark, very disturbing. Um, and, doesn't show a lot um and like how how if you're interested in how it does that yeah and this is totally a movie that you should watch and i would say it's even better if you watch it with a keen analytical eye because it has something that's um it's like so on the surface i i don't know what it is about Mm. it but it's so like so right there it's so achievable to watch and to see what's going on behind it you know and what makes it work so like for me that this is this is a no-brainer and also it's 80 minutes so yeah you know like super accessible super you know other than the the content itself um it's it's very much a movie that that um should be watched and i will say uh the 4k restoration that's on imdb tv is really good and you know obviously there's ads which uh is terrible and and i i was oh, disturbed by that i just thought it was uh, hilarious because i i watched that free version too and it's like this movie yeah. is brought to you by reese's i'm like yeah what? yeah and then <laughs> and like far right, cry six yeah in the in the middle of uh 
in the, in the middle of the film, it just it, it splits to a Reese's commercial, like right before like extremely tense moments. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just so, start foaming at the mouth. Or something. I, oh, I don't understand what's happening, you know. <laughs> but but I will say the um, the the restoration itself is really good mm. and it looks amazing. What's up with um, the sound though? Did you notice that? Yeah, it sounds like every seventies movie. Oh, to okay. Me. Um, I don't. I don't know. There's something they did. I get. I don't know why, but the, the way that they recorded sound back then was like so crunchy. You know what I mean? Well, like a, it's not just that. From from my end, it seemed like there was some sort of compression that was yeah maybe effective. But then there was like a, a noise gate at a certain level, which is like uh. If if you don't under, if you don't know sound, it's it's essentially like certain noises below a decibel level uh, are just cut out to silence. Um, like guitarists use noise gates to cut out the hum of their amp, bef- like or something. I like didn't that. I didn't really notice that. Um, so it could have been your TV. Or Ma- maybe um, maybe. It, but on my end, it was like the sound the ambient sound would just cut to silence, which was also like, it kind of added something. Well, there, there is a lot of, there is a lot of silence in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But usually Uh, like silence in film is, is compressed so that you actually hear like an ambient sound mm -hmm. around the people. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you can hear that at the beginning of any cheesy sitcom show. Well, I'm trying to think it's like cheesy drama. On that note, though, I mean, I will say, um, yes, like the rec- the recorded sounds um, are are very crunchy and like sound like a seventies movie. But the the actual sound design, I think, is really excellent and very well done. Um, in terms of like the the score, which is not at all a score, it's just like noises um, mm-hmm. that are very creepy, very effective. Um, I think they're like actual noises from a um like a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Um so like yeah, that that and and then like how it you know, there are moments that are like jump scare moments that are not like anticipated, you know, which, which like really works effectively. Um and yeah, I don't know. To me to me, I think the actual design of the sound is is pretty well done. So, cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we have to say about this film, including our recommendations. Cameron, any closing thoughts? I I think I made clear kind of how I felt about the film. It is a little fresh. I did watch it today, so uh, for me, it's like maybe there there are certain things I'm not getting into that I should or I needed to sit on. So I apologize if my if my um, opinions on the film change within the next few days, but I, that's kind of like where I've landed on it. Anything else you want to say, Cameron? No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a very accessible movie. Um, and it, I, I agree. I think it's one that you could watch with a group of people and it would be, it would be fun. It would be interesting. Well, it'd be Um, fun for Cameron. I think, (laughs) I mean, I did watch it with a group of people. There we go. It was fun. It's true. It's true. Don't subject people to it. That's what I'm here for. I'm here. I'm here to take the bullets for you guys. That's my job. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. We're also posting an episode about Squid Game. It's going to be out the same day that this episode is out. So if you're interested in that, 
listen to it. Uh, thank you guys for the support. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you next Monday. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.